Hello and welcome back to Earth Like Heaven Season 2. My name is Doug Ressler and joining me as always is Robbie Sherry and we're here to help you close the gap uh, in your life between heaven and earth by learning to live like Jesus. And Robbie, last uh, week we talked about kind of intro of this season, talked about how as soon as you start talking about how the way of Jesus is better, that's naturally going to uh, engender objections on the other side that says, oh yeah, prove it. You know, what do you mean? I've got all these questions. I've got all these objections. How can all these things happen if, if truly there is a God in the world and he's good and he's all powerful? Why would he allow these kinds of things to happen? And why in the world would I ever choose to walk in the way of Jesus uh, when uh, in the end it may not matter? Uh, and so we want to take up some of those objections. We want to take those very, very seriously because they're real. And a lot of people are asking them, whether they're asking them from a personal perspective or a philosophical perspective or an ethical perspective or somewhere in between in all of that. Uh, we want to take those things seriously, and we believe that Jesus takes those things seriously, mm-hmm. and that God takes those things seriously, and that's why God has hardwired us to ask those questions, to look for meaning and purpose in the world. And as we said last week, even atheists like Brian Greene and others who have written extensively, atheists who have written extensively on the meaning and purpose in life, you've got to ask yourself kind of the fundamental question, if there really isn't anything to all of this, why are we searching for meaning in the first place? Right. Like if the universe is just going to end up cold, dead, and inert, and lifeless, then what is the point? And yet there's still something within them that's searching for that. And so I appreciate that, and I can honor that. And again, I think we need to wrestle with some of these objections. So we're going to start mm-hmm. with, gosh, I think one of the maybe most obvious, which is why is there all this chaos in the world? So, you know, just this week, right, for instance, there was an earthquake in Morocco. And I think the death toll is now over 2,000. Or you think about the wildfire that, you know, hit Maui and absolutely burned Lahaina down to the ground, you know. Um, We see these things take place, um, whether it's natural disasters or it's um, Russia invading the Ukraine or it's massive starvation events due to drought or famine or whatever it might be. You can't sort of pinpoint, oh, this is, this is, this is happening because it's this person's fault. I guess maybe in the Ukrainian situation, you could say it's Putin's fault. But I mean, you, you, you can't sort of pin it on one person per se. It's just part of the chaotic world in which we live that we have no control over. And whether it's a natural disaster of sort of epic proportions like that, or it's a disaster that's taking place within our own body. Maybe it's a cancer mm-hmm. that is growing out of control or something goes chaotic in our own bodies that we have no control over. The doctors are, you know, can do their best to try and fight it, but at the end of the day, there's only so much they can do. I mean, that's a personal disaster, right? That's incredibly tragic and difficult and painful. Whatever that might be, whether it's personal like that or it's you know very, very global, that, that creates questions. Right. How could God, if he's all-powerful, Robbie, how could God allow an earthquake to hit Morocco and kill yeah. 2,000 people? How could God yep. allow a wildfire like what hit Lahaina? How could God allow my two-year-old to get cancer and mm-hmm. die? Yeah. How do you answer these questions? Or, I mean, I'm sure your students, your high school students, wrestle with these All things, the ask these questions. How do you as a teacher, like when you're talking to them, what do you say? Well, I think even the way you phrase the question was interesting. And, and honestly, it's a little different than what I usually get because I usually hear if all of these fall under this theodicy idea, right? right. Of And um, explain what theodicy is. Theodicy is being, if God, it's sort of this, if God is such a loving, benevolent, Mm -hmm. kind, then, then how come a theodicy Mm -hmm. is a way of explaining uh, Mm -hmm. the goodness of God in spite of Mm -hmm. the evil that we experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, So what I hear more often than you said, why would God allow? Mm-hmm. And usually I hear, why would God cause? 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's an interesting distinction. Right, because it's it makes God the active agent right. in it. And so why would God uh, give my dad cancer? Mm-hmm. Why would God cause the hurricane to happen? Mm-hmm. Why would... So it's it's yeah. a little bit different than allowance versus right. causality. Right. And that's right. that's the first place that I go. Do you Are you saying that you think God set out right. to make this happen. Right. Shook the ground under Morocco and killed 2,000 people. Right. right. Or did God, despite having all the power, make an allowance for this thing to happen hmm. that he could have prevented, mm-hmm. but chose not to? Yeah. So that's the first thing I usually... Right. And it's an interesting thing because that perspective has shifted so much in thousands of years, right? Ancient Near East people, when things like hurricanes happened or earthquakes happened. I mean, you even read about some of these things in the Bible where like the ground opens up and swallows up all these people. And the people of God in that situation attribute that to God. Mm -hmm. This is an act of God. He's actually enacting judgment upon his people. And that's why the earth opened and that's why they died. Right. Right. Um, Whereas in our day and age, we don't typically say God caused it to happen. What we typically say is God allowed it to happen. And, and so we're trying to make room for natural causes mm-hmm. um, that are not necessarily specifically directed by God, but they are allowed by God right. for certain purposes, right? And so it's Which, interesting how even that has really shifted. Like, again, ancient people, and it, we're not talking like tens of thousands of years ago. We're probably talking as, as, as sort of close in as, you know, maybe like 500 years ago. Right. That people believed that the bad things that happened in the world were 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 a representative of the judgment of mm-hmm. God. Nowadays, mm-hmm. if you try and say, "Oh, the reason why Hurricane Katrina hit you know New Orleans is because New Orleans is such a sinful city," I think it was Jerry right. Falwell right. or someone like that that yeah. said something like that. Even Christians are like, "Nah, that's that's nonsense." Right? It, there's something. There's a there's a chaos that has been introduced into the world that. God does not direct, nor do human beings have any control over. It's just part of the broken fabric of creation that groans under the weight of sin while awaiting the redemption mm. that God has promised to bring one day, right? Like that's, yeah. that's sort of where we land. Right. Well, it's, it's all sort of this, this effort to push God further and further away from right. us. Right. right? When, you, when you attribute something to God... You're acknowledging the existence of God and the potency of God. Right. And his eminence. Like right. He's like right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now when you say God uh, allows it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's what cracks me up about insurance companies. You know, so mm-hmm. we, we just had some hailstorms this year and right. we had a, a roof adjuster come okay. out yep. and I said, well, is this, is this going to affect my rates and all that? And, and I mean, I kid you not, he looked at me and he goes, well, this is an act of God. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like, amen, brother, let's go. I yeah, have no let's idea. Do it. You know? I, I got like, you. No, but that's so you'll enough. say amen to your insurance adjuster, well, no, but not I, to me on a I, Sunday morning? Yeah, no, I, I was amening you all kinds today. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm yeah. Glad I even tapping my chest. I was looking okay, really good. holy. I'm going to start looking at you. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. You're very no, but encouraging to me. Even the insurance company has this category of things where you, it's not negligence on your part. Right. It's not, well, somebody else you know, drove a car into Correct. your. Right. We have no. We don't get to blame anybody, so right. we're going to call it an act of God. Right. So right. I, I just find it slightly amusing that insurance companies acknowledge the existence of God. Right. That, that's yeah, what right. I think yeah. is yeah. funny. That you is know? kind of funny. Yeah, you're so exactly when right. we when we say that this hurricane or whatever this you know her earthquake was mm-hmm. allowed by God, at some level, what we're acknowledging is God exists. Mm-hmm. God has power. Right. God has power to 
prevent mm-hmm. these things from happening mm-hmm. and chose not to. So we've uh-huh. we've effectively pushed God away. So we're not mm-hmm. saying that he's near and yet we still want to blame him. Right, because what we're really yeah, cuz that's that's 100% right. And and to keep going down that track. So then we're like, okay, there is a God. He does have power. He has enough power to prevent it, but he doesn't. So then we're left with a conundrum. So what does that tell us about God, right? And that's where people really begin to yeah. wrestle with the the goodness of God as well as the sort of omnipotence of God. How can God be all good? And allow this to happen if he's also all powerful. Right. Either God must be all good and be not all powerful. He's mm-hmm. not actually able to stop the hurricane from hitting whatever, or he must be all powerful and choose not to stop it. Therefore, he must not be all good. Right. right? And and that's kind of where our head goes. That's people we want to corner God. Right. We want to corner God. We want to. We we don't. We're not willing to really entertain the notion that perhaps God can see a bigger picture than we can and might have reasons that are still good that we can't see or understand, mm-hmm. right? And we'll talk more about that, especially when we start to talk about evil and we start to talk about some of those kinds of things because I think that's really where that gets pressed, right? right? The Holocaust, of course, stands as like the... I, I, that's like the, 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 the example without peer right. on some level that, you know, um, just because so many people died, you know, mm-hmm. um, six million Jews were executed, and not just Jews. Of course, there was right. LGBTQ folks and gypsies, and yep. all, you know, all kind. Or I think it's the Romani peoples, with how they're known now. That, like all kinds of people died in the Holocaust, and it was so horrific that we it just it just like broke all categories. Which is an interesting thing. It brings up an interesting thing. So the other day, I ran across a term that I had never run across before. I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, I've read all this stuff, studied all this stuff, have multiple degrees in some of this stuff, and have never either, either I don't remember running across this term before or I didn't. And so you mentioned theodicy before. Right. Right, which is an attempt to try and explain how a good and all-powerful God can allow, you know, natural evil or, you know, really bad things to happen or whatever those kinds of things. So there is the sort of corollary to that term theodicy is the term and I don't know how you pronounce it, actually. Anthropodicy? Really? So, Which the, is an attempt to try and justify the goodness of humanity in the face of all human beings. Interesting. Evil. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So Never run across that before. Of, like, like, if you're going to say that, you know, um, that, again, how can a good, all good and all powerful God allow bad things to happen or evil things to happen or chaotic things to happen in our world. And that's the theodicy question that you're wrestling with. You also, if you're going to have intellectual honesty, have to wrestle with anthropodicy, which is, again, uh, how do you justify human... How do you justify this idea that we have that human beings are fundamentally good, despite the fact that so many human beings clearly disprove that on a daily basis? Yeah. Like, I mean, like one of the... You que- and me included. Right, totally. And so one of the questions, right, that people, like, when I sit down with people and we, and we start talking and they say, well, you know, how, you know, and, and they, they list off, like, all the evil things that people have done or that have happened in the world. And there, of course, it's legion, right? It's right. legion. I, I'm always interested to say, well, right, so I agree, like, like those are horrific things. Like, I mean, it, it, but isn't it just as like on some level difficult to justify all the good things. Right. Like, like, like how, how can it, so if you don't believe God is all good 
it typically where I land is that they're like, well, you know, they, they kind of like put that to the side. But, but boy, you start pressing on whether human, human beings are good. They're like, oh, absolutely. You know, they just are misunderstood or they make poor choices or whatever. And I'm like, oh, really? And I go down all the list yeah. of the things human beings have done throughout history or again, personally, or just, you know, in an everyday basis. And I'm like, how in the world can you believe this, just from an objective point of view, that this creature that you say is inherently good, is inherently good how, how do you explain all the things that they do that clearly disprove that? Right. I mean, I've often said that, like, the one doctrine that perhaps you could say is empirically proven is the doctrine of original sin, because history clearly proves replete with it. it that that is a true statement over and over and over again now yeah. you may not like it at the end of the day but the fundamental reality is you do have to grapple with it so i think that these are the two things that i think we're like really mm. wrestling with is you got the theodicy question on the one hand again how does an all-powerful and all-good god allow such evil things to happen in the world or such broken things to happen in this world and then at the same time how does this creature that as Christians we believe is made in the image of God, mm-hmm. right? Broken, fallen for sure, but made in the image of God. How does this creature, um, uh, you know, how, what do you think about that? What do you think uh, yeah. about how do you the creature? The how do you explain the goodness? The... Or, or, or if you think the creature is good, how do you explain the evil that that creature does? Right. That's the fascinating. And, and where does that leave you then? So anyway, back yeah. to the question of like chaos. So like yeah. here, here you've got these two sort of things operating in the background where everybody's kind of thinking and everybody falls one way or the other. You know, on those questions, obviously from a Christian perspective, um, give us the Christian perspective on humanity. Mm-hmm. Give us the Christian perspective on God from, right. a, you know, the theodicy question. Give yeah. us the Christian perspective onto those two things. Because again, that kind of boils, takes us back to why we think the way of Jesus is better. Because he's right. operating from that framework. Yeah, I think the the first thing that comes to mind with those is I never want to... I never want to diminish people, people who are pushing back and saying, I, I think of that, that Shel Silverstein poem, mm-hmm. the me who and exactly what, right? There's this character mm-hmm. named me who, and he's got an exactly what on a chain. And I feel like whenever you, you suggest the goodness of God, you get the yeah, buts, and you've got the what abouts those people who, who have their, their exception. And I never want to dismiss sort of their, mm-hmm. their personal feelings with that. So I, the sort of biblical response can seem dismissive and I never I never want to go there and just say well here, here's what it says in Isaiah so mm-hmm. just deal with it because you don't you know read Isaiah or take 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 it to be true or something like that but from a Christian perspective I have to get to the point of saying we are fallen people original sin does have these detrimental effects where there is um, order this this God who who proclaims about himself in the book of Isaiah that his ways are higher than our ways yeah. and that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I have to trust that there is there is a reason for God's ultimate glory and our ultimate good that I may not see. And I, I trust that mm. I might not see that in the moment, perhaps even in my mm. lifetime. And I think where that has been hammered home to me is as a parent. Sure. Because the idea that my kid knows what's better for him Mm-hmm. More than I know, what's mm-hmm. better for him. I mean, you find which, oh, comedic. by the way, is becoming a thing. It, it is becoming a thing. Yeah, it is yeah, becoming yeah, a, yeah. a thing. Where kids do know they have agency. They do know, and despite the fact that we know from a you know sort of from a scientific perspective that developmentally they they don't know, 
there is this movement within our culture to say, no, 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 kids know exactly what's best for them. Right. Yeah. But as a, any any parent mm-hmm. would know, you know, the kid that says, I'm going to eat all of my Halloween candy right. in, in a single sitting kind Correct. of thing. That's right. The loving parent goes, no, um, you're going to get sick and right. I don't want to deal with a sick kid and right. you're going to miss school because of it and you're going to have a headache mm-hmm. and ultimately we're going to see that candy yeah. in ways we don't want to see it. Correct. So we're actually going to, we're going to, see we're going candy to twice. limit yeah. your candy intake. Well, in the moment, right, right there in that moment, the kid does not feel like that's best, yeah. that he's loved, that the parent has any yeah. idea of what he or that's she's right. talking about. And I mean, it's, it's always kind of an interesting day when, you know, your kids are old enough to have had so much candy that they look at you and say, I just want a salad. Yeah. When you, you've, pled with them, you know, for years yeah, to right, go, totally. man, just eat yeah. your vegetables or right, something. Right, and when right, your kid right. finally goes, man, just a salad mm-hmm. sounds great right now. You go, mm-hmm. huh. And I imagine mm-hmm. that someday, sometimes it's in mm-hmm. this life and I just trust that it'll be in the next when we go, well, well what about, mm-hmm. we've, we've got our questions to God. Mm-hmm. What about this, this catastrophe? What about mm-hmm. this natural disaster? Yeah. What about this? And I, I've seen in my own life in the what about moments the goodness. I mean, I, and I, I think I shared this maybe in, mm-hmm. in uh, the first season, but when we moved to Colorado, um, 17 years ago, we lost everything we owned. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. We like the, the moving truck got hit by a semi and everything was gone and it was covered in diesel. And, and I mean, you think about the stuff that you have that you think, well, mm-hmm. you can't replace that. And so we show up to Colorado with a minivan, our little duffel bags for our hotel night stay. And a few other little little trinkets, and everybody goes, well, "What a what a terrible thing!" And in the moment, you're going, mm-hmm. "It was a terrible thing." Mm-hmm. And then you gain perspective, and you look right. back, and you go, "That singular event really made us stop and take take a look at what what matters, mm-hmm. and it recentered our appreciation for things, and really helped us let go of stuff." Yeah. Ultimately. And it's weird to say that was a, ended up being a good thing. I mm. mean, it, it's really, it's really been a blessing. I have this image of you, like I don't know if you ever saw the movie Wolverine: The Origin Story. Maybe where Hugh Jackman, like you know, takes his motorcycle and like runs it to a helicopter, and the whole thing, like you know, there's like this line of gasoline, right, right, right. He, yeah, like, takes his uh, takes his Wolverine claw and lights and, it, and like sparks and lights it, and the whole thing like explodes behind him. I have this image of. Like the semi and your stuff. It was, yeah. All like, and you're just like, you like, you like light a match did, off your teeth I did not and throw plan it behind it. No. you. And it just it like, was, and yeah. you're like walking away, like, you know. It was near Sorry, kids. It was at night. This is good for you. <laughs> yeah, I did not say it. Oh, at the okay. time, I will be the guy, and I'm admitting, like, what are you doing, guy? Right, right, right. Sure. What is this about? Yeah. And so I think that's actually good because I think some people think, like, oh, Christians, they just, uh, even when bad things happen, like it doesn't really affect them. Yeah. But that's nonsense. 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 Yeah. This really impacted you. You weren't oh, yeah. like Hugh Jackman walking away with your leather jacket, like, you know, lighting everything on fire. I don't even fire. own a leather jacket. Well, that's actually yeah. good to know. Yeah. You own a kilt. <laughs> that's right. But not a leather right. jacket. But so, people, a leather kilt? No. <laughs> no, that's not okay. true. No. <laughs> yeah. In the moment, no. we have the whatabouts. The, yeah. are you, and I yeah. don't think, I think it's, it's fake to say, Oh, you'll find out one day. Mm-hmm. One day you'll find out because that's right. You, you might not. I mean, going back to the story of that's Job, right. like, but the difference I think between mm-hmm. the Christian and the non-Christian, we both have the question, right? We both have sort of the we want to shake our fist at someone or something, right. 
The difference is, is in that moment, the Christian leans in and says, I don't understand God, Mm -hmm. but God sort of invitationally invites us to grab the proverbial lapels on his jacket and shake them and say, why? Whereas for the person who doesn't believe Jesus is better, they, there's a cosmic void. Well, correct. But right. they're, they're right. just going, I'm just mad, and there's nothing any... and that's right. They're just screaming into the void. Yeah. I mean, because there isn't anyone there to contend with. There isn't anyone there to answer them. Um, or if there is someone there, and they, they don't believe in a Christian God, for let's say, then they don't have the power to do anything anyway. So it's like, it's like you're, you're beating up on someone who isn't responsible for it. They didn't have right. the power to make it happen. They don't have the power to prevent it from happening. And so you're just, again, you're just screaming into the void. Whereas for the Christian, we don't scream into the void. We scream at Jesus. Right. And actually, he, as you said, he invites us to do that. Like he's not scared of our anger. He's not mm. scared of our, of our rage, of our frustration, of our disappointments. I mean, if anything, the Psalms teach us, right? It's, it's that you can like express any emotion to God. Yep. And he is going to like embrace you just like any father. You know, I think about my kids when they were young. Um, I used to, one of, one of our children, they had night terrors at night. And I don't know if you've ever seen that. I mean, it's like, seriously, like, it's like your child becomes possessed and you don't know what to do because they're not even conscious of what they're doing. They're just raging because they're so scared. Right. And I remember, you know, talking to my doctor about it and be like, what do we do? when you know, my child comes like screaming into the room. I mean, it's, it's frightening. It's not a comfortable experience. And the doctor was like, well, you know, pretty much just keep them from hurting themselves. Yeah. Don't try and wake them up. Don't try and like, just keep them from hurting themselves. Now in the moment, like they don't understand, they're, they're not even conscious. They're staring at you like eyes wide open. Like they're like staring through your soul on some level. That's what it feels like, but they're not seeing you. They don't even, they're they're not acknowledging your presence. They're not, I mean, and you're just trying to prevent them from like hurting themselves. And eventually they calm down and eventually they wake up and eventually they come to themselves. They don't remember. And, and, and you've done the job that you were supposed to do, which is to keep them from sort of hurting themselves, mm-hmm. right? Now, sometimes I feel like how God does with us. Like, we come screaming into the room, and we're, we're, we're not even seeing God because of something that's happened to us or something that's happened to someone that we love, and it, we're just consumed by that. And we are just emoting all over the place. And God's just there going, okay, like, I got you. Yeah. And I'm just going to prevent you from, like, hurting yourself on some level like existentially or you know in a permanent way and and eventually you're going to kind of calm down come to your senses and and then then we'll have the conversation but like even that like you said having the conversation it's not going to be like god explaining himself to you right it's 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 and you know what on some level when we come to our senses we realize god doesn't have to explain himself to us um we 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 can trust him that he knows best. Because again, even if he could explain himself to us, we may not in our finiteness even be able to understand. And mm-hmm. so that, that's not really the issue. The issue is, is God still present? Is he still there? Have we, you know, is he somehow going to distance himself from us when we get like that upset? You know, all of those kinds of things are the questions. And especially, like I said, tying it back into where we began this conversation, which is when you run into these chaotic events, and that's the way I explain it. It's like, it's like, chaos and it's, order, yeah. right? We worship a God of order. The Bible says very clearly from the opening pages of Genesis that God is a God of order, that the Holy Spirit of God was hovering over the waters of chaos at the beginning of time. And what did God do to the waters of chaos? He brought order. Mm-hmm. Let there be light. Let there be evening and morning. Let there be the sun and the moon to, to govern the seasons yeah. and the times and these kinds of things. Like God creates all these binaries. It's order. He's imposing it upon 
chaos. And and interestingly enough, like if you look at all of the, like in comparison to like almost all of the ancient narrative literature, it's so different. It's so different than every other origin story out there because every right. other origin story is about order and chaos, except in order to impose order, the God of whoever, whatever religion it is, has to absolutely massacre chaos. Right. And then split chaos's body up into million little pieces and create the world out of it. Whereas yeah. like the Christian God does not do that. The Christian God simply speaks, order is imposed, and and, and you know, and chaos is brought to heal on some level. Now chaos re-enters the world with sin mm-hmm. and that impacts all of creation and some of those things. So philosophically we can go that direction. That may be what we where we go in our next episode. But I think just kind of setting up this whole conversation. Like when we come in, when we approach these things, the chaos of this world is real. The chaos of these of this world engenders real emotions in real people because it has a real impact. I mean, shoot, I know people. I, I have like sort of second and third degree connections to what happened in Maui, and I know people who lost homes in Maui. Right. Or I know people who know people who lost homes yeah. in Maui. Right. I mean, that is devastating. Right. Um, I don't know anybody who's lost loved ones in Maui, but I, you know, but I'm sure that if you kind of map out the connections, I probably have a pretty close degree of connection to that too. I mean, like these things happen. I have friends who have died or have family members who have died from starvation in Africa. Like I, I know these things. What do you do in the face of these things? So there's a philosophical direction you can go with that mm-hmm. to talk about order and chaos. There's the personal direction you're going to go with that to talk about order and chaos. We'll deal with both in the next couple of episodes. But, uh, but yeah, great introduction to the sort of topic as we dive into it, Robbie. And so thanks as always to Jake, our guy behind the glass, making us sound good. And we just encourage you to keep listening as we dive deeper into what it means to follow Jesus, especially as we deal with uh, some of these really challenging topics in the weeks ahead. We'd love your comments, your reviews on whatever platform you choose to listen uh, to your podcast. Uh, Subscribe and stay tuned as we release more episodes in the week ahead. We'll talk to you next time.